Well, should we step back a moment and, and say what this is all about? Oh, just, I th- oh, yes. Just, just for the sheer hell of it. Yes, yes, go on then. So what we're talking about is Fanny Law, um, former um, uh, former campaign manager for CY Learn, among other distinctive um, tasks that she's had, a former government official, blah, 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 NPC member, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, she's saying, apropos, which is your actual Latin, in case you missed it, the nice current... <laughs> The current um, furore about um, discussing independence or localism in schools. She said, well, I've come up with a plan which will, which will settle this. Her plan includes um, getting children or school, school kids, whatever you're supposed to call them, to report to their teachers. If they hear at home their parents, I think that actually includes the uncles and aunties, but we don't know. That needs to be clarified. I will ask her next time we see, hmm. you know, whether they've been talking about these forbidden subjects. Hmm. Gosh, does that remind you of anything? Mm. There's a colour. Is it green mm. or is it blue? Yes, or is it red? It could be. That's it. That's yes, the one. That's yes. The one. Anyway, so... Um, yeah, uh, we obviously don't have enough cultural revolutions in Hong Kong. Don't, don't they think that families in Hong Kong hate each other enough already? <laughs> well, there is that. This would be civil war. There is that. And then she, but, but then she's come up with a killer solution, because that's just reporting. I mean, that's just dobbing them in. But her killer solution is to get people like herself, i.e. MPC members, possibly including Rita Fan, Maria Tam, to go to schools and explain to them, you know, what's going on. In other words, what she's really proposing is to join the Secretary for Education, my, my favourite um, politician... Eddie. Eddie, big Eddie, with the brush-over hairstyle, um, to be the, the father of Hong Kong localism, because it only takes oh, these kids half a dozen of these kids, uh, uh, half a dozen of these MPC members, or the MPC blah-blah-blah, MPCCC members, or blah, 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 it, choose the initial you like, to go into schools... Guess where the kids are going to go? Yeah. After they've had a little lecture from, you know, Maria Tam or, or Rita Fan or indeed straight, Fanny Law. Straight to the multimedia room, start <laughs> printing out all the stuff. Well, they yeah. wouldn't print out anything, would yeah. they? It's all emails and Facebook. Yeah, yeah. Fa- face ache or whatever it's face called. Ache. Yeah. I mean, I've heard about that but very, very here's, here's the thing, Steve, and it's being widely said that if only, if only the government would stop going on about this, that, you know, people would just. It, yeah, it's well, fanning the flames. I, I think the problem now is that they've got so hysterical about it that you, you know the, faint, the flames are up there, burning quite bright. So it's quite hard to dampen them down. But stop talking about it. But the, the reality is, the reality is that before all this started, yes. the independence movement in Hong Kong was minuscule. The localist movement, which is not to be confused with the independence movement, although it's convenient to lump the two together, which simply says, you know, more autonomy for Hong Kong, more emphasis on on, on local people, is also, it's a bigger movement than the independence movement, but it's not massive. But thank you, Eddie, thank you, C.Y. Leung, thank you, Fanny Law, for making this into a much more prominent force than it is banning them in elections, stopping them, um, stopping candidates who are already accepted for the election from distributing their candidates. So you're creating heroes, you're creating martyrs, you're, you're making this the number one subject, when it wasn't. Oh, certainly not, absolutely. It wasn't. Let's be very clear about this. But what they're trying to do, of course, the bigger picture is they're trying to say, well, anybody 
who's in the democratic camp is basically uh, in in my favorite chinese terminology a splitist you know they want to take hong kong out of the motherland and blah, blah, blah. i mean it is of course complete and utter horlicks but the fact of the matter is that the people like fanny law who are on the payroll are uh, obviously see it as their patriotic duty and, oh, it won't hurt their careers if they make a fuss about this. Yeah. I got an email here from Richard because earlier on I just said, you know, anything you want to talk about, chuck it in. Although you, your, your sack is full. Uh, yeah, go on. He says, well, Richard just says, you know, no freedom of speech in schools, no time to temper the property market. Um, he says one could not make these things up and certainly not the funny low comments. I mean, this is one of your do you Adam and Eve it yeah, things. He says, it is. tell tales on family members if there's any discussion on independence at home, school should invite Hong Kong citizens who are NPCC members to visit, discuss, it should not be independence. Um, so, you know, you've already said it. Thanks for getting in touch, Richard. But did you hear... You, you, did I just hear this, you want to say? I know. I know. I mean... Dob your dad in. You, dob your dad in. I mean, you know, the Cultural Revolution was, was, was half a century ago. The scars that it's left across China are very, very clear for all to see because it was such a, 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 an enormous event. And the idea that some half-baked local um, flag wavers here should want to reintroduce into the community some of the most vile elements of the Cultural Revolution, i.e. breaking up families, reporting on your father, reporting on your mother, etc. Let's go a generation above, because it's going to mean much more to them. You say... You know, well, it is, and, and it means instead of dob your dad, grass your granddad, because well, they're the guys very often who who, 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 yeah. who came across. Yeah, and incidentally, this the, you know what's very interesting about this is you know the uh, and I know we're on slightly shaky ground, so I'll, I'll try and not no go names, too far. No, pa- no, no names, no pack drop. But you know, in the election, the common wisdom is that the older voters will be pro-establishment. And and younger people are more likely to, to, to be in favour of the democracy parties. But there was a very shrewd observation which I saw the other day from Sid Ho saying, you've got to remember that there's such that, that there's another category which you might call the junior um, seniors. In other words, people in their 60s, say, uh, which are considered to be elders in this category. But these are the people whose political ideas were very, very heavily influenced by the events of 1989, the Tiananmen Square, they would have been in their, roughly speaking, their 40s at that age. Mm. They're very heavily influenced by a lot of things that didn't influence the much older generation. I'm talking about people in their 80s now. Who, you know, I mean, it is, it is not obvious, but it is natural that when you're really very senior, your main um, sort of, how can I put it, you're... Your main political objective is is perhaps to remain, you know, stability, to survive. They don't want a lot of change. People, as they get older, become more resistant to change. If I was old, I would certainly know about that. Um, Moving on. (laughs) Moving on. But the fact (laughs) of the matter is that, that I think this is going to be interesting. I would like to know, I would like to see, after the election, a breakdown of how, in fact, the age group's have responded to the polls because I think it's not quite as clear-cut as people think it is. Mm. And in this respect, you know, when you have a, a, a prominent person like Fanny Law reviving memories of, of the Cultural Revolution by saying, let's introduce some of that into Hong Kong, I think she's going to push people into the ballot box, mm. not in the way that she was planning. 
What was that weird thing that came up yesterday? See, why Leung saying, you know, well, you know, in the home, uh, at school rather, you know, if you if you if you swear or this that and the other, you get walloped for it. Yes. Uh, uh, you know, they have their and, own and, sets of and rules and stuff. Outside. Well, that incidentally shows he doesn't even know the law, because um, there are circumstances outside schools where using far, vowel language, if that's what we're calling it can result in prosecution. Yes, absolutely. So, I mean... Or a good smacking from your dad. Or a good smacking, yeah. (laughs) I I mean, you know, I I might have been clipped around the ear for saying... Clipped around the ear. That's a generational phrase, isn't it? (laughs) It is. Come here, son. Thwack. Well, that's what happened, (laughs) I want to ask you about something here. I'm just flicking through um, the funny pages. I've got something... I've got a quote from uh, a a column on EJ Insight by Wong On Yin. Uh, And basically, the the article says, banning discussion of Hong Kong independence violates UN convention. And, And Wong's quote is not only... Only does C.Y. Leung's attempt lack the most basic legal grounds under Hong Kong laws, but it also violates the United Nations Convention on the Rights of the Child. I don't know that to be true or otherwise. If you're a legal person, perhaps you can tell us. Yeah, it's an interesting point. I, I mean, you, you, you can look at this through a legalistic prism, but you can also look at it through a common sense prism. Yeah. Which is, you know, in, in the schools and in places where young people gather, I would have thought all discussion is healthy. All discussion is healthy. I mean, f- frankly, what what could a bunch of 13-, 14-year-old Hong Kong kids, who are, who are mo- mostly pretty cool, yeah. really? Yeah. I mean, it, but it's, it's just bonkers. I mean... Remember when you were 13, were you talking about... I didn't... Politics, at the age of 13, we wanted to talk about what was on Grange Hill last night. Well, I came from a quite political family, so well, you yes, did we, actually, we, we did actually <laughs> talk about politics. You yes. didn't have dinner, you had a party yes. meeting. <laughs> and we, 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 we had politics that are much closer to those of a rather red tinge than, than uh, perhaps my politics are today. That's why I will say it out. It's always it's interesting that you can talk about reds, because you kind of... That's where I come from. Where yeah, one? <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'll tell, you, I'll tell you, people laugh when I say this, but when I was a kid, because of the political background that I came from, we were all sent off to something called Socialist Sunday School. Oh, brilliant. Tell us about so it. So all the other kids went off to sort of, you know, religious Sunday schools, and we went off to this Socialist Sunday School where we learnt to sing, incidentally. I can sing. The working class can kiss. Yeah. Well, not that one exactly. <laughs> we, we, we had the proper version, but we were, we were taught the, the, the English language version of the Chinese national anthem. Not many people know that. <laughs> Arise, you who refuse to be bond slaves. <laughs> Off to the pub quiz with you. <laughs> so, you know, it's interesting that, that people like myself, and frankly, there's not many of them. Socialist Sunday School was not a big movement. It was quite a big movement in Scotland. It wasn't in England. Anyway, but... See, I bet everybody thinks <laughs> oh, Steve Vines is just a big Geoffrey Archer fan. But no. <laughs> but no. No, no. <laughs> no, we never had an outspan orange in the house, I can tell you that. <laughs> um, that's amazing. But, but you know, when you come from that sort of background, what is interesting is that even though that is the background, yeah. uh, and it, of course, is influential, but in the end, because you live in an environment... I mean, I went to an, a school where, you know, obviously, more or less, none of the other kids came from this background. So there were all sorts of other influences at the school, you know, subsequently in other places. And you, you live and learn. It's yeah. as simple as that. I can, but you've got to allow kids to live and learn. Oh, absolutely. I can only imagine that some... I mean, I think I know where, what their thinking's about. I, you know, this <gasps> this paranoia, we mustn't let children do this, that and the other. Because, A, they've watched Les Miserables, and, B, they've watched Fiddler on the Roof. And they, they understand that, that, that thing, you know, get them when they're young. Yeah, exactly. You know? but, but the point is that get them when they're young, actually, 
Nowadays, it's even less true than it was before. Because, yes, yeah, sure, you can get them when, when they're young and you can fill them full of indoctrination. But fortunately, the world is a place where, where cultural, political influences are so easily accessed outside of the home, outside of the school, that, you know, you're fighting a losing battle. Thank goodness. Yeah. This whole thing about supervising and, well, as you say, the, the old police, Red Guards yeah. thing, yeah. thought police, is very common in the mainland. And anybody, any body of work, maybe artistic or sporty or whatever, you'll have your team leader, but you'll also have that other chap with an office at the end of the corridor. Yes. It's very normal. Quite literally. Very quite normal. Literally. The party secretary, yes. Uh, uh, yes, that's right, and they will they will they will largely determine your your life. But so you, you know, if you want to introduce that into Hong Kong, good luck. Or is this I'm just sure going to go away, Steve? Like a lot of things that happen let's here. Let's see. Let's see. I mean, the trouble is that that you're getting more and more of these ominous indications. I find it very alarming, particularly incidentally from somebody like Fanny Law, who you know she's most certainly not a stupid person. She's somebody actually with a lot of experience. She has been a very prominent government official. So we're not talking about some wild-eyed lunatic here. Like... <laughs> well, we could, we could cite oh names. <laughs> you may have to force me. No. <laughs> but, but the fact of the matter is, you've got somebody like that who is becoming part, or is... Well, becoming part, of course, is part of the establishment, but is, is, is forming this new kind of consensus of authoritarian rule in It's hardly Hong Kong. new, Steve. Well, it's 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 creeping into a larger, more dominant, and I, I don't know whether the word is right, but it's a, it's a more dominant and more all-embracing ideology that is coming to characterise the way that people like C.Y. Leung and members of his government think, which is basically the opposition is intolerable, people who don't agree with us are our opponents, they're not people we disagree with, they are our opponents... There is no space in Hong Kong society for more than one view. What does all that remind you of? Oh, yeah. But the most alarming thing, I reckon, <coughs> is that all the people who are coming out with these comments actually are Hong Kong people. Yes, yes. They're not big I brothers. That, yeah, yeah, I find that terrible. Mm. And But, you know, uh, I mean, let's go back to where we are. Hong Kong still remains a place where there is a diversity of information and, and people are very, this is what I've always loved about Hong Kong, very stubborn here. And, and, and would not fall into line quite as readily as, as the Fanny Laws of this world want them to. But all this paranoid jumping up and down and commenting and saying this, that and the other about an issue such as this, isn't it human nature that we'll just start going, yeah, whatever? Yeah. Yeah, yeah whatever. Yeah. There's another one. But I think in schools, it's going to become much more attractive to be against whatever it is all your grown-ups tell you you've got to be in favour of. I have to play that kind of music. <laughs> I have to play that kind of music for Steve because it, we've got to keep the, him. It's under the basic law. It keeps him grounded <laughs> on Thursday mornings. Anyway, we've got a couple more things to talk about. As always, it's Morning Brew at rthk.hk if you want to get in touch. Uh, yeah, well, I thought we, 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 we could pull a few strands together because they're, they're pretty worrying strands. And these are about the um, recent developments. Even more recent developments. I know I keep banging on about this, but it is very worrying. That's you mean this week's thing? This week's thing, exactly. To do with how the police force here is becoming more and more politicised. So now you have the police and the, and the other discipline services being advised by their unions to vote for candidates what they're basically saying are pro-government candidates who will, you know, will uphold law and order and what have you. Now, the whole point and the 
ethic of they the don't have to do it though, Steve. Let's not forget that they're no, still no, allowed they to do to what do they it, want. But the to. whole ethic of the discipline services were that they, regardless of politics, blah blah blah, are there to maintain law and order, to pertain public safety with, with fire service and what have you. So when you start getting them advising their members how to vote, can you imagine if they advise oh, their... It, it doesn't their, happen anywhere else? Well, good luck to it. Yeah, but, you right, know, yeah. we're here. Yeah. Um, you know, if, if, if they're advising their, their members to do that, um, can you imagine the outroar, the uproar there would be if they all said, you know, we really think you should be voting for pro-democracy candidates in the coming election. I know that's not going to happen. But, you know, the fact that they're saying vote for the pro-government camp... Yeah. I mean, this is, is very it the same worrying. As, is it the same as the kids, where you tell them you do not do this, and of course they will? Well, let's see. Let's see. We, we, we won't know what, and I hope we won't know, because that means we'll, we'll know what the, the way people vote on their individual ballots. We won't actually know what they do or they don't. Is your point right but, now that it's just not even hidden? It's not even hidden. So, as if to underline that, we then get these so-called leaks that they were so... They were, they were so carefully planted that actually every newspaper had them you know the idea all these newspapers saying we understand no you don't some bloody idiot <laughs> uh, some somebody in the police force told you it's no you didn't do any investigative journalism grow up get those shorts well, off do, and try and be a, an adult and how did you get your tweaks back <laughs> when you were writing how did you get your tidbits because somebody in the police I beg, force I beg told your pardon, you. i never had tidbits when i was doing this stuff <laughs> Dear fellow, it was all very, very... Investigative journalism. Yeah, exactly, thank you. That was yeah, right. what I was looking for. <laughs> so, so you know how it's done. So I know how it's done. So uh, they, they've all, all the newspapers came out this week with stories about how the police were going to mobilise the police tactical unit and various other elite squads to protect the elections. This feeds into the whole narrative of the idea that elections are somehow dodgy things. There is zero record in Hong Kong, let me be very clear about that, of violence during elections. There is zero record of anybody threatening violence It's not a lot you can do with turning up to a place, putting a tick well, on a you, box and... If, if, if you're in... in Nigeria. You know, in Nigeria, <laughs> or maybe in somewhere else where there is a tradition of this happening, yeah. it is indeed reasonable that you should mobilise the police. But again, this is to create a narrative and to use the police force to create the narrative that somehow elections are dodgy events, you know, prone to violence. Therefore, you know go out and vote for the, the, the status quo candidates because they're the only people who can protect you against all of this. I mean, I don't know whether it will work or not, but I do know that the police force should not be used for these blatantly political purposes. You can turn it on your head if you want to, Steve, and say, well, if there's a high police presence at these things, for whatever reason, it'll stop people getting nobbled at the last minute by uncle to vote for the... You see, I don't think that will even happen. Well, it's just on paper, you know, it's, I'm trying yeah. to be I, I, I think the fact of the matter is that, that if, you, if you want to create an atmosphere which is conducive to your narrative of elections being sort of questionable things that are prone to violence, if it's part of your narrative that Hong Kong is on the brink of destruction if you vote for the pro-democracy camp, then you need the police tactical unit mobilised to defend the elections. Honestly, this is not good. Yeah. Um, and I think people should 
should be pretty alarmed by it. Well, they can also down there and they can tell the busloads of people from Shenzhen where to park. Yes, well, there is that. Safely. There is that. And take all those old folk out of the homes and say, look, I tell you what, you don't need to bother to put the crosses on your paper. We'll do that for you. See, there you go. See, I, I love the helping hand in an election. I think it's a very good thing. I still think this is this week's thing. I mean, you know, look back at all the stuff we've talked about. You get a, a, a what's, what's the word? A scandal or a debacle or whatever you want to call it. It's not really. And, and in 10 days' time, we'll be on to another one. We will, except they're all moving in one direction. That's that's what worries me. Mm. Right, I'm... Q, I'm getting really quite hungry now. I think I'm going to reach for my box of disgusting fried chicken. Yes, and if you were TVB, which I'm sure you want to be, but, but you know, not everybody can aspire to that level of uh, excellence, um, you will have, as part of one of your programmes... A company that is associated with an American colonel, who actually isn't a colonel, we now discover, sells a rather vile, greasy mixture of. That's the only thing they should be nobbled for, their choice. (laughs) Uh, And and displays this during an entertainment show, then gets um, told that that looks suspiciously like sponsorship of a program which is not declared and not, not announced. They then go to court to challenge this ruling yeah. by the Broadcasting Authority. And this is where you've got, to, you've got to put a smile on your face. This is TVB saying that they were, they were promoting this, this vile chicken product in the interests of, <laughs> sorry, freedom of speech. TVB, freedom of speech. These are two words that don't go happily together. Yet here we are. This is what they're arguing. I mean, if anybody was was guilty of abusing a perfectly good concept for their own narrow commercial ends, yeah, good a TVB. I mean, it's just if they wanted to if they wanted to promote anasol, they could do yeah. it. It's just product placement. It's yeah. very common. It's, but that's not about freedom of speech. That's nothing, about freedom of mobility, by the way. And it's <laughs> freedom of commerce. I think it's about as well. But it's it's totally it's totally yeah. above board. I mean, I, I just find it objectionable that TVB is even even. Freedom of speech. It, well, it's even claimed to be interested why, in why freedom of speech. Why didn't they say it was an ad bought and paid for and next? Well, because they deny it. They deny that. Well, that's silly, because it's plainly... You yeah, know. well, I know. <laughs> so, so, you know, they're grasping for what I believe are called straws. Um, I mean, it's not, you know... Instead, the way the other world. products are available. You know, you'd be, <laughs> uh, well, bingo. I mean, you, you look at movies and TV shows, it's, it's really annoying to a lot of people yeah. now, but it's dead common. It is. And it's just yeah. a deal. Have you noticed how wristwatches, the camera lovingly focuses Doing, on them? Yes. yes. And the choice oh of a nation. Oh, my God, that's a wristwatch made by Plonk and Company. It seems that a lot of our chats these days always involve, involve the word politicised or the word political, and I want to ask you about one more. Here we have the the Olympics have just finished, and whatever people say, it's, it seems almost impossible to remove politics from the Olympics, and it's been the way for years Never and years has and been. years. Yeah. So, so now we have, right ahead of the elections, the, 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 the members of the Chinese Olympic team, which actually didn't do quite as well as they were supposed to have done, actually came below Britain. Below Britain? Who knew that was ever going to happen? Well, in we, terms we of... We usually the... get into the games to be the honourable losers, you know. We well, don't go there to win. The BBC <laughs> have come in for some rights flack over this one because they've, they've really been um, treating it as a news story, according to, you know, a, a source said, as a news story as opposed to a sports story. So if you want to look at the total medal tally, then China got loads more, but they're looking at the golds they go, well, alone. that's what they always do for Is the league just, table. Just the they golds. They, they always do it that way. So 
Um, anyway, it's, actually, Britain only got one more than China, but never mind. Let's oh, they're, go, they're milking let, it. Let's, let's, not go, <laughs> let's not get too excited about this. But, you know, uh, Britain is, is um, a very small country and China is a very big country. Anyway, we all know that. So let's just get back to Hong Kong. Right. fact of the matter is that there is no scintilla of a doubt as to why they're coming here the week before the elections. Not a scintilla of a doubt. And well, they did it ev- last time. No, no, but they didn't do it right ahead of the elections. Okay. No, no, they always do. The I'm, trying, Chi- I'm trying to play the, you know. No, the Chinese <laughs> team always comes here. And why shouldn't they? I yeah. mean, you know, why shouldn't they? I've got no problem with that oh, whatsoever. I wonder if any of them will defect. It's timing. Well, they can't defect in Hong Kong because it's part no, of go, the people's go, go, No, go with me on this because independently, anyway. Yeah, if you were, Oh, I see what you mean. Yes, they're not Koreans, you know. Yeah, that's an interesting <laughs> one too. Anyway, carry yeah. on. So the fact of the matter is that this is a blatantly um, and stupid attempt by the usual stupid people who who, 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 who who arrange these things. We shall mention no names other than maybe Si Wai Leung, um, the person in charge of culture, whoever that is this week, um, who think that it, it, it's a really smart move to remind people that they're part of a, 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 the winning team in, in, in the People's Republic by having these people arrive the week before the elections. My own view is it won't make the smallest doubt, uh, sort of the smallest difference to the outcome of the elections. But, you know, why do it? Why do it? Because you can. Because you can. Good part. So. Every, everybody's everybody's <coughs> mad about Fu Yanghui for speaking her mind. Yeah. Well, she she seems like they're not great... so mad about Mr. Gold because they think he just chopped his teddy out of the brain. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know what I like about her is I think she, she's a bronze medal winner as far she's, as I know. Yeah. So and didn't give a hoot. And she didn't give a hoot. <laughs> I mean, she is so out of the central casting of the Chinese team members who obviously are lectured to death about, you know, maintaining a sort of rictus smile on their faces in all circumstances and, you know, showing no signs of personality whatsoever. So good on her, and I'm delighted she's coming. I'm not delighted she's coming the week before the elections. What, seriously, a bit more specific here, Steve, what what do you really think that that, that it means? I think it means that that they will do anything, that, that they are very worried... The powers that be in Hong Kong are very worried about the outcome of the elections, despite all this brave talk of they're going to finally put the Democrats to bed in this particular poll, ah, okay. which is what they keep saying they're going to do. Yeah. And they think, you know, if we can mobilise the national Olympic team from, from China to come across and add strength to the patriotic camp in the elections... That's a great thing to do. In fact, anything's a great thing to do because they are very, very worried about these elections. Look at all the things we've been talking about. There's an assumption that people in Hong Kong, truly Hong Kong Chinese people, uh, have not got a head on their shoulders and can't make a decision for themselves. Well, of course they can. Yeah. And I think, you know, I I, I think the net result of having all this flag waving, because, of course, that's the whole point of this Are we going to see busloads of grannies from up north? Yeah, well, we'll see all sorts of flags being raised right. but they'll all be red yeah. <laughs> um, uh, will be that it will reinforce the determination of those people who support the pro-government camp to carry on doing it and people who don't will go this is a cynical play 